0: Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 34. I know it's uh, a lot of reading, but that's okay. This section of scripture is um, its a very important one, as they all are. But the title of this section is A Life of God Worship, and I entitled the message today, Simply Trust. So let's read this. Uh, I'm reading from the Message Bible. And one of the challenges... So I say, well, why do you read from the Message Bible? Um, an individual I remember reading, they were talking about how that whenever we read like the King James Version, because that's, that's the one, if I quote anything from memory, it's always in the King James because that's how I learned it. So uh, that's how I memorized it. So whenever I'm quoting something, I always quote it in the King James and then I look it up and then I, trans- then I get one of the other translations. And he said one of the reasons for this is is that when we hear the scriptures the same way in the same version we already have a preconceived idea as to what we think it means. We always, you know, we already have something there that is associated with how we've memorized it. And whenever we take that same scripture and read it differently from a different version, it helps us kind of look at that and expand what we already have in mind. So that's kind of the reasoning behind uh, reading from the Message Bible. So, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 19. Don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moth and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasures in heaven. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven (laughs) where thieves do not break through and steal and moth does not corrupt. You know, that's the King James Version. But stockpile treasures in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dark cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one god, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes that you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God, and you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing, that is fussing, right? F-U-S-S-I-N-G that's not fusing, that's fussing. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Has anyone fussing? Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashion, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop But have you ever seen color and design quite like that? The ten best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside of them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attempt, he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax To not be so preoccupied with getting, you cannot respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Step your life in God, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. That's a great little phrase of scripture here. A little section of scriptures. Yesterday um, as we said we had uh, Joe and Andrea's wedding. Now, Joe and Andrea were married a number of months ago uh, in a private ceremony in February that we had for them. You know, Joe and Andrea, their life has been changed by God, and, you know, they wanted to do things in the church. And so, you know, I mentioned to them, it would be better for you to be married, and then, you know, you can work in the church. And so I wanted to, you know, that was their decision. So they were married, and then officially, this was their planned married marriage uh, day yesterday. But at the rehearsal, I mentioned um, to everyone, and I do this at all the weddings, because um, many of the individuals who come to church or are in wedding parties don't or are not involved in any church. And one of my requirements is that there be no alcoholic consumption before. The, uh, before the wedding by any of the grooms, by any, by any of the party, the wedding party. So I said there's no drinking uh, you know, for before the wedding. Well, yesterday we received a text in the morning that said that uh, Megan would not drink any water because pastor said there was no drinking before the wedding. <laughs> now, I'm not making, you know, we look at that and we think, of course he didn't mean that. But do you see how she processed what I said within the context of her understanding? And in our lives, we do the same thing with the scriptures. We process what I just read in the context of our understanding. And... You know, 1 Corinthians 13 says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Did you ever wonder how much of our thinking is childish? In the sense that we really don't get it whenever we're reading God's Word. And now I constantly challenge myself in this this same thing that that how much of what we read and how many times that we read it, and that's why whenever I'm preparing the scriptures and preparing the sermons and things, I try to always read uh, other commentaries and read things because there's more to what the scriptures are saying than what I have in my finite understanding of what's going on here. And so you always want to look at the scriptures in a way to put it in the context of what is saying, and then also what the Spirit is trying to say to us in our own lives at this moment. So the first section, and I, I, I'm going to look, I'm not going to do every one of these scriptures, but kind of sections of them. In the first section, verses 19 to 21, it says, don't hoard treasures. Something will destroy it, whether it's moth or rust or thieves. Besides, where your treasure is is where you will most want to be. So whenever we think about what's important, it goes on a little later and talks about, you know, shopping and clothing. Shopping and clothing. Shoes and shopping and clothing. I I won't go there. But anyhow, (laughs) just kidding. You know, how that some individuals are really consumed with some of these. But that's okay. The intent here is to seek to fulfill the fulfillment of God's purpose. Don't be so caught up with things. You know, every one of us have things that we appreciate, that we treasure. You know, um, whether it be clothing or cars or, you know, what we have or little knickknacks, things you collect, you know, whatever. How many have things you collect? Okay. Yeah, we all have stuff, you know. We all have, how many have stuff? Yeah, okay, stuff, all right? You have stuff, all right? Stuff that really, it, when it comes down to it, doesn't really count for anything except, you know, you like it. I don't know, one lady was, uh, had a garage, what was it? Oh, it was on, well, anyhow, no matter where it was at. But anyhow, there was this garage sale and this lady selling, you know, stuff. And it was her husband's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And he wasn't home whenever she decided to sell this stuff, you know. <laughs> and whenever he came home, he was quite upset, you know, that he, she had sold his favorite chair, you know. He's, you know, did you ever notice that the, the, the furniture stores don't basically advertise to men? <laughs> because men don't care about their chairs. It's like, I've been sitting in that for 25 years. Why do you want to change it now? You know, it's all broken down and there's stuff all through it, you know. But you see, we, we, whenever we look at these things and we, we're trying to understand within the context of who we are, well, what really is important? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's the King James Version says. But it, all, it says here that besides where your treasure is, there will you most want to be. So what are the things that we really treasure? And as we treasure them, that's where our goal and intention is always going to be worth. So the intent here is to seek to fulfill God's purpose in all that we do. We never lose sight of our purpose. So it's all right to have stuff. I mean, you know, it isn't like we're going to you know, preach against, you can't have stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, we're going to always have stuff. But where is your purpose? You know, we can always, we, ha, we have our life and we have all these things that we do with our life, but what is your ultimate purpose? Your purpose always supersedes stuff. So our actions and our decisions will reflect where our treasure is. You heard about the guy, this is a story I've used before, but you know, like I said, when I, now that I'm getting older, the thing I miss most is my mind. So <laughs> I can repeat things. Uh, there's this uh, guy robbed a bank and. Uh, Preacher sees them, they're all shooting and things. Preacher says, shoot him in the wallet, shoot him in the wallet. The guy shot him in the wallet and the guy died. He says, why? He says, well, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. <laughs> Little joke. So the actions and decisions will reflect where our treasure is. And verse 22 says, your eyes are the windows into your body. Your eyes are your windows into the body. So do you know that where you look, you go? Okay. Where you look, you go. Did you ever hear someone say to them, look where you're going? (laughs) Why? Because you just ran into a tree. You ran into a pole. Weren't you looking where you were going? You know, in skiing, maybe I'll ski this year, I don't know. But when skiing you always have your face down the hill. Even if you're going across the hill, you always look down the hill because down the hill is where you're going. <laughs> so you've got to look at things and look where you are going. And you look, if you look where you're going, you're going to see the obstacles. But there, we read the word, as we said, four plus times a, uh, a week. Read the word because we want to look where we are going. In our Sunday school, we talked about the consummate redemption, which means the redemption of all things. That the Christian and how that God is going to redeem the earth and everything that's in it, the creation, everything will go as he intended to be, or the, the creation. We Read and look and listen to the um, Sunday school lesson if you want to hear about that one. But look where you're going in Proverbs 5. 3 verses 5 says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. But Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Read the word. Look into the word. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Trust means assured reliance on the character. The character of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What is his character? The character of God is that he loves you. That he died for you. John 3, 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might have life. So God didn't come to drive us away. God came to bring us in, to bring us into this relationship. So trust God means that you are relying upon his character, his ability, his strength, his truth. That the character of God is love, his ability, he can do all things. His strength is he is all powerful. His truth, not one mark in the scripture will go unfulfilled. So we listen to God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. We listen to God. I used this story yesterday. I may have been through the drive-thru, the bank. Everybody been through the drive-thru? Okay. A lot of people pray that way. (laughs) You just drive in. Hey, God, I need (coughs) to. push the button we're gone <laughs> you know or we or we push the button and look over and wave you know there's the, the lady in the window <laughs> yeah, Hi god you know and uh, we send our prayer request you know and you know if we if we want to reply we push the talk button sometimes they don't even say it, they don't even sometimes the, the teller won't even acknowledge that you're there unless you push the talk button. They'll just kind of wave back, you know. So sometimes I think it's like that whenever we pray. We've got about 30, you know, 30-second prayers. God, you know, I need to win the lottery. You know, push the button, send it up. Okay, I'm waiting for the answer. I'm going to go buy tickets. You know, it's it's like, you know, it's like, God, you know, I have this problem. That's not what prayer is. Drive-through prayers. Next time you have a, hey, God, you know, Stop. Push the talk button. Hello, how are you? (laughs) You know, he's not too busy. So, listen for God's voice. What will God be saying? He will be speaking to us from his word. And he will be speaking to us about what is contained in the scriptures and about what he has for us in our life. And if we look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 27... Has anyone, by fussing in front of a mirror, ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? I'm glad some of you looked in the mirror before you came. Okay? Okay? I'm glad you did that. <laughs> okay? I'm not talking about fussing in front of him. I remember Rachel, she used to get up. She was, She always got up easy. She got up before all of us. She always got up because she would spend at least an hour to an hour and a half getting ready. At least every morning. What's that? Oh, yeah, she had to change her clothes four or five times before she went to school. So, you know, she had to have everything perfect and she fussed perfect, you know, hair, whatever. It was perfect. So she fussed in front of the mirror. But the, the thing here is that how much fussing by fussing in front of a mirror, do you, can you grow an inch? See? No. It isn't that we shouldn't pay we pay too much attention to some things as if they're going to make a difference in a different way. Such as st- staying in front of the mirror and having things okay. That's all right. That's a good thing. I'm glad you did it. But being in front of the mirror is not going to change your character. It's not going to change your outlook. See? So by fussing in front of the mirror, <laughs> can't make you taller. Fashion can make you look a little different. A little makeup goes a long way. It's Like the one guy said years ago, whenever, whenever preachers and people used to really preach against makeup and stuff, I grew up during that time, and the guy said, if the, old, if the barn needs painted, paint it. That's what he does. That was a, that was a pulpit, you know, because you weren't allowed to wear makeup or earrings. When Rhonda got her ears pierced, the preacher said, do not defraud thine earlobes. <laughs> he was teasing, but, uh, yeah, Rhonda and his wife, but Rhonda believed him, yeah. <laughs> She's going to, she had Hezekiah chapter 7, you know, but, uh yeah, she's looking in the Bible to find that verse that said, Do not defraud thine earlobes. You know, uh, I mean, you know, we had all these things that were, you know, that were against whatever you wanted to preach against, you know. But, and again, listening for the word of God, and we listen to these things, we interpret them in the context of our understanding. So as we mature and as we grow, God speaks to us And at some point in our life, maybe those things were important. But sometimes we grow beyond them and we begin to understand them in a different light. And again, fashion is nice and natural beauty is nice, but it's what goes on in the heart that makes an individual. You see, consider the wildflowers that grow out in the fields. Consider the beauty around us. And we can drive down the road and not see anything. You know, Jackson, this uh, last week, Rachel said you know, they took the little thing off of the window, you know, the sunshade off of the window, and you, he he's always has these Elmo things and whatever, these CDs playing. They drive you nuts. <laughs> Elmo's counting. One, two. It's like, it's three next. It's three next, you know? And, you know, <laughs> shut the thing off. I can't stand it. Uh, Elmo's counting, you know? And, you know, and it's this, this past week, Rachel said they took that shade off of the window for something. What? They were cleaning it and took it off and they didn't put it back up. And Jackson says, what's that? What's that? <laughs> He's looking out the window. <laughs> what a novel idea. Look out the window as you're driving down the road. There is a natural beauty around us that sometimes we just don't see. We just don't see it because we're too busy watching Elmo count. And that's our way of looking at things. Sometimes we're just caught up in our own perspective and the same reruns over and over in our mind. Stop it. Verse 30. If God gives such attention to what? To the appearance of wildflowers, most of which will never be seen, Do you think he'll attend to you, to take pride in you, do his best for you? If God is paying this much attention to flowers that will never be seen, what do you think he cares about you and I? So as we just went through looking in the mirror and trying to make ourselves grow an inch, We realize that there's something more. There's a beauty inside of us and and the person and who you are. God is taking care of you and he has pride in you and how you look and how you are made up on the inside. The question really becomes, who do we believe more? Our ability to change us by looking in the mirror or do we believe in our ability for God to change us on the inside? For our eyes are the windows of our soul. And what we see, we make decisions on. They become our actions. Tell me the difference in this verse. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting, you you can respond, so you're not so preoccupied with getting, so, you can respond to God's giving. Okay? Do you notice those two words? What's the difference between getting and receiving? Giving. I want to get, God wants to give. What's the difference? Every, everything in this, this chapter and these verses here, I think, focus on these two words. You see, getting is that I'm looking to gain I'm going to grow an inch I'm going to change my outward appearance I'm going to become something well giving is that God is going to make a present of to grant or bestow by a formal action into our life well isn't that getting no the getting is I am going to make it happen. The receiving is, I am going to understand what God wants to give me. That as we look at this, that God's assignment in our life is always greater than our gifts. What God wants us to do is always greater than our ability. So when we are preoccupied with getting, we're trying to make it happen. Whenever we are praying, asking God, we are asking our request and asking God to bless us with what? With his word, with his promises. That our eyes are open to his word so that we can make an action in our prayers to God about his word so that his word will come into our life and that will be the strength that we receive to be able to do. So don't be so preoccupied with getting. I've got to get this, and I've got to get that. See, there's nothing wrong with fashion, but I've got to get it in order to keep up with someone. Not going to happen, because you'll never keep up. There's always someone to keep up to. You're just changing status. Now, there's a word in there that says... Don't worry. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing. Worry comes from an old German word, Wurgen, W-R-G-E-N, and it little, literally means to strangle, to constrict, to choke. So whenever we are worrying, we are strangling, we are constricting i think of boa constrictor ties us up or choke it sounds like what worry feels worry is about strangling constricting and choking so relax the bible says do not be so preoccupied with getting don't be so preoccupied with getting the worry am i going to get this am i going to get this don't be so preoccupied with it that you become strangled constricted and choked i don't have that don't be so preoccupied with that that you cannot respond to God's giving i am so you know if i'm so caught up with what i'm going to get i don't see what is given to me god is going to give see i ha, what god has called us to do in our life We don't have the ability to do. We don't have all of it to do. We have parts of it, but we're not there yet. God wants to supply that into our life. But if we're so busy, caught up in getting and getting, we never see what's given. So can we, by looking in the mirror, add an inch to our stature? Can we make it happen? The Bible says, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a the future. These are the things that God is giving to us. So we are to respond to God's giving, not to our getting. In this whole section of Scripture, revolves around those two ideas. And so when we are preoccupied with getting, we're trying to make it happen. (laughs) Look where you're going. (laughs) Look where you're going. Verse 34, and the King James says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. (laughs) So it means... Therefore, do not, wor- do not be strangled, constricted, or choked about tomorrow. Oh, school's starting tomorrow. <laughs> Teachers, students, do not be strangled, constricted, or choked about tomorrow. Why? Because it's more than what you can do and more than what you can face and more than the talents that you have in hand. And that's a good thing. Beware, be aware of God's giving. Be aware of God's giving. What about the needs? What about work? What about, you know, my job? What about my finances? What about, my, what about the illness and what about my health? Don't strangle, choked, or can be constricted. Don't worry. The challenge is to pay attention to what God is saying. See? The drive-through prayer. God, I need this. I need to get this. I need to have this. Send. Okay. Let's go. Push the talk button. God, what are you saying? You see, for us, worry is trying to carry a burden that never belonged on our own shoulders. Worry is trying to carry a burden that never belongs on our shoulders. Philippians four, six and seven, do not worry about anything. But what? what? What's the word? What's the word? anybody know? Pray. What is the word? What is the word? Pray. the word is pray. All right, you ready for this? The word is pray." So what is the word? I was, uh, don't worry about anything but. Prayer. Don't worry about anything but. Prayer. Prayer, pray, pray. How about pray? We'll just use pray. Don't worry about anything but. Prayer. About everything. Everything. Oh, guess what? When we worry, worry is an alarm. Worry is an alarm that says, time to pray. Worry is an alarm that says it's time to pray. So the alarm is going off. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do more? Pray. Don't allow yourself to be constricted. Don't allow yourself to be choked. Don't allow yourself to be strangled. For the alarm is going off, and I must be aware of not getting but receiving God wants to give into my life because we don't have the ability to make it happen to get because we are insufficient and that's what and that's how God intended it to be so that we would not be looking in the mirror and making ourselves grow God wants us to receive His Word. Philippians 4.8 What are we supposed to do? Think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, what is excellent, what is praiseworthy. Think about such things. Don't allow worry to constrict, to choke. <laughs> Proverbs three five and 6 Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will what? Direct your path. Make your way straight. We are to respond to God's giving. Verse 34. What's it say? Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Well what about tomorrow? Well we we have to make plans. See, p- plans and all of that stuff is good. The person who fails to plan plans to fail. You know, we are to we are to make plans. And we are to, you know, w- w- count the cost. We are to do all those things. Those are important things. But worry is not part of the plan. Worry isn't part of the plan. I need to pray about the plan that I am worrying about. So pay attention to what God is doing right now. What does God want to speak to us? What does he want to speak into our lives about tomorrow? About the worry that is in my mind. So don't allow the worry to choke you. Allow God's word To speak peace to you. For God is giving. He is giving life. He is giving love. He is giving strength and hope and peace and freedom. He is meeting our financial needs. He is touching our lives by his presence and his healing. Right now, God is giving. Giving his word to us. So, the two words. Getting. Or receiving what God is giving. It's not getting and then God is going to give me. See, like if those are both part of that. I'm going to rake this in. No, I am in my false concepts going to get it and make it happen. Or I am going to pray and receive what God is giving to me. Because I recognize with him all things are possible. To him that believes. Amen? Let's all stand. So, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? What do you think we need to do? I don't have the answer. <laughs> So what do you think you and I, I I know what I need to do. I need to, when I worry, pray. And you see, the alarm goes off that I have concerns. I'm not to to just say, oh, that that, that, that worry doesn't exist. It does exist. There is a problem there. So don't be choked about it. Pray about it and receive God's word he's going to give to you about it. See? So it's not denial. Denial is not faith. Oh, that, that that'll never happen. That's no, not. Recognize it for what it is. Pray about it and allow God to receive into your life what God wants to speak to you right now. <laughs> God will give to you right now what you need to bring peace, and He will be there when that problem arises to be with you through it. So, it's okay to plan. Rhonda's been at school for, (laughs) I don't know, 10 days. What for? Getting ready. Worried. (laughs) No, concerned. Planning for the kids coming. So, you see, it would be wrong to just show up tomorrow and say, whoa, wow, I guess I better get ready. Kids are here. (laughs) Right, teachers? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see, so in our life it's alright to be concerned about alarms going off, oh I need to get ready for that, pray about it and receive, but don't worry because you can't make yourself grow an inch in front of the mirror <laughs> it's not going to happen, Father thank you for what you speak to us, how your word touches our life A- each one of us, Lord Lord need your word spoken by you into our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and caring for us more than the the flowers of the field. They are beautiful, and you 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 are concerned and touched by our lives and touch our lives in a very real way. Bless, we pray, that we might be blessings. In Jesus' name we ask. And everyone says, Amen.